Welcome to the Catholic Foodie Show on Real Life Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Young. And uh, it's a new week this week, uh, back to Monday. You know, that always happens. We get so excited about Friday, and then we have Saturday and Sunday, and then guess what? Monday comes around, and uh, but that's a good thing. That's a good thing. We have to have balance in life, right? It's fasting and and feasting, so we can't always have, you know, live a perpetual weekend. That wouldn't be any fun, would it? I hear crickets. <laughs> I think some folks would absolutely love to live just nothing but weekends, but uh, that's not life, you know. Uh, Today, on Monday, what are we going to talk about today? I'm I'm very happy, first of all, that you are here with me at the Catholic Foodie uh, Show. I like to say it's where food meets faith. And uh, we're going to talk shrimp today. You know, I live uh, in New Orleans, and and right here we have uh, the the beautiful Mississippi, and and we're right up on top of uh, the Gulf of Mexico. And uh, one of the blessings of living in this part of the country is that uh, seafood is always fresh and it's always plentiful. Uh, I just absolutely love, uh, love that. And, uh, you know, yet this past weekend we had, um, the, the oyster festival in new Orleans, which you kind of think, I mean, I know a lot of folks here at least think that that's crazy. Why are you going to have the oyster festival in June? If, if you are familiar at all with oysters, and I don't know if this goes in different parts of the country. I know we have oysters up on the, in the Northeast and then, and then over in the, uh, uh, Northwest as well uh, that are plentiful, uh, different than what we have here in the Gulf, but but still really good oysters. Um, I don't know if y'all have the same sort of mentality that we have down here, but traditionally speaking, we would only eat raw oysters in months that have an R in them, like you know October, November, December, those kinds of of months. And the theory was, at least for 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 a long, 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 long time, the theory was that uh, the R month are your cooler months. And uh, the months like June, as an example, may have no R's in them. And uh, they, they tend to be hotter, hotter months. So why in the world would we be having the Oyster Festival in June? You know, traditionally speaking, it makes no sense at all. But uh, the magic of uh, modern refrigeration <laughs> makes the whole um, traditional idea or thought of the R-month rule uh, kind of obsolete. Uh, the, the whole point uh, behind eating raw oysters only in months that, uh, that have an R in them, the colder months, is because when those oysters are harvested, from the moment they're harvested out of the, the water and then brought to the fi- their final destination, wherever that may be, uh, an oyster bar or a seafood restaurant or a seafood market, wherever it may be, um, the problem was one of refrigeration. How do you keep the oysters cold? Because if you don't keep them cold, they can die. They can be affected by bacteria. I mean, there's a lot of things that could happen to them. And uh, there's nothing worse than getting sick on Roy, raw oysters. Um, I know that from uh, personal experience. Not fun at all. Uh, but the Oyster Festival was a huge success, as it is every year. Uh, modern refrigeration makes that, makes that possible. And, of course, there are a myriad of ways to eat oysters. You don't have to eat them raw, though some folks would argue that that is absolutely the best way to have them. Uh, I do have uh, a couple of friends, uh, brothers, they're brothers, a couple of friends who have created a um, a product that just came out uh, right before Christmas, right around Christmas time this past year called the Oyster Bed. And you can find out more about that at theoysterbed.com uh, if you want to read up on that. It's, it's, a, it's a cool little cooking and serving utensil. Uh, it, it, beautiful beautiful piece uh, where you can actually 
do cook roy, uh, cook oysters, uh, grill them or, or, or uh, broil them in the oven, whatever you would want to do. Um, all like a, like a dozen oysters or, or uh, half a dozen oysters at a time. It's really amazing. It's a beautiful setup. This this uh, little um, thing that they put together called the oyster bed. And I am going to have them on the show uh, in the next week or two to talk about the oyster bed and to talk about oysters, a bunch of different recipes for oysters. And then some of that, uh, I don't know, maybe some of the mystique uh, surrounding oysters and, and eating raw oysters and, and all that, uh, all that yummy seafood stuff. But today uh, we're not talking oysters, believe it or not. We're talking shrimp. Uh, I love shrimp. And, uh, you know, growing up in South Louisiana, right here, so close to the Gulf, it's almost weird to hear the term season, like shrimp season. Um, but, but there are shrimp seasons. Uh, shrimp seem to be everywhere. We have them year round. And the one, one of the reasons why it seems that way is because shrimp, believe it or not, are very, very easy to, uh, to freeze. And they, they keep very well. So a lot of times you have shrimp year round simply because, uh, well, there are frozen shrimp and we get them frozen. Or even if you buy them, quote unquote, fresh at a seafood market or at a uh, grocery store down here, um, they may have been individually flash frozen uh, right when they came onto the boat. Uh, that's one of the new technologies they use in the uh, the shrimping industry. And so they, if they're individually flash frozen right there, then essentially once they are thawed out, you have these shrimp that are at their, really their optimal freshness uh, right there. So uh, it, it's, uh, they're, they're, they're very, uh, they're, I don't want to say durable. That's not a, not a good word to use for, for shrimp. Durable is not the right word, but but inflexible isn't it either. I'm looking for another word, but basically uh, you can get them right off the boat. If you wanted to, you can get them flash frozen uh, and they're fresh either way. And there's a word for that and I can't think of it, but we're going to talk shrimp today on the Catholic Foodie Show. I've got actually nine classic Louisiana shrimp recipes to talk with you today. And of course, we're not going to get over or get through all nine today, which is fine because you know what that means? That means I get to save more for another day. <laughs> and sometimes here on the Catholic Foodie Show, what I like to do is to bring up uh, news items in regards to food. And I do have a news item today for you. Uh, this is something that just came, it's, it just hit my uh, news feed a, a couple of days ago. And uh, I'm just getting to to play around with this a little bit. There's a new app. Well, actually the app is a, a few years old, but it has some new um uh, features that are available now. This app is called Handpick. Handpick, the Handpick app. So if you have a an iPhone or an Android uh, and you like to cook, uh, this is a fantastic uh, app to to have on your your mobile device. Uh, DigitalTrends.com just came out with an article uh, the other day. It says Handpick helps you pick recipes from Instagram and match them to your ingredients. And check this out. Listen to this. Uh, the problem, right? Here's the problem. You stumbled on a dish so delish on Instagram that you've drooled all over the counter, but you can't find the recipe anywhere. Uh, or picture this, you've finally gotten home and you're starving. You open your fridge and all you see are odds and ends, ingredients left over from other meals that don't quite go together in any recipe you know. You dread the idea of heading back out to the store to fill in the missing pieces and you'd rather save a dollar than order out. 
uh, you crack uh, open a cookbook and, uh, or hop on Pinterest or Instagram and root around until you find something that uses what you've got. But by then, your stomach would be screaming at you. <laughs> Better to use Handpick, the best food discovery app yet. Handpick has been around since 2013 and has grown into a powerful search tool, combining foodie sites and blogs as well as Pinterest and Instagram posts to present users with recipes and drool-inducing food picks and ideas. It is 100 times as large as the largest recipe site. It adds millions of new posts to its food recommendations engine daily. Wow. Uh, Like a hungry athlete, it will swallow you whole. (laughs) Well, that doesn't sound too good, but you get the point, right? It's providing a lot of uh, recipes and uh, and a a search uh, facility or search feature that allows you to use a recipe or ingredients that you have on hand to to pinpoint recipes. So this article continues to say, uh, much like Pinterest, you start off with a photo feed, in this case, a food. Uh, You click on one and it takes you to a brief breakdown of the dish. You can decide to file these into topics, which will steer handpicked towards better picks as in choices or picks as in photos for you. Uh, alternately, you can search by topic like, you know, kids meals or with carbs or without carbs or whatever. So uh, a second click then takes you to the site that hosts the recipe. So consider handpick an aggregate of all your favorite food sites in one handy app. Uh, the best feature is the ingredient search. You know, Pinterest and Instagram have nothing quite like it. You can choose your ingredients from over 10,000 listed and Handpick will uh, show you a series of photos featuring your choices. Handpick makes it easy to clean off the fridge or clean out the fridge rather without eating meals that taste like unfortunate mistakes. Yes, a lot of home cooks love Pinterest or Instagram for inspiration, but on both, sometimes links go nowhere. And with Instagram, food search functions are limited. Handpick has discovered a way to find recipes that uh, that delicious recipes for that delicious looking meal, which is really just a picture instead of a link. Um, and a new recipe match feature makes a shared photo and matches it with a recipe or set of recipes, negating an annoying this page does not exist messages that you might get from other sites. So it's very cool. You know, I checked this out. Um, I love, I love looking for recipes online, um, for ideas and inspiration because what I do love for me personally is to get into the kitchen and to just be creative. Just, just, it's like play for me. It's like play. It's like when I was a kid and my mom would get me some Play-Doh, you know, um, or, or I better yet Legos. Okay. You get Legos and you get what? You get these sets and the Legos are like, you know, Star Wars Legos or whatever. And you have these instructions on how to build this particular thing. Well, what I like to do when I was a kid was to take all the Legos and just throw them all together and just make something up. Just play around with it and see what comes out. And I do the same thing even today <laughs> in the kitchen. You know, whatever I have on hand, um, we can make something from that. But this, you know, looking at recipes for inspiration is a fantastic way uh, for me to, I don't know, kind of, you know, uh, it's like tilling the garden or something. You know, you you have to till the garden, you have to weed it, you have to plant seeds, you have to do all that stuff. And our creative imagination is the same way. And so for me, it's reading recipes, reading cookbooks, reading or, or looking at uh, uh, food photos. Instagram is great for that. And so this app is a, is a really cool tool I plan on using a lot in the future. And I'll tell you, uh, one of the recipes I found when we come back from the break, we have to take a break right now. You're listening to the Catholic Foodie Show here on Real Life Radio. We'll be back in a minute.
to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host. We're talking shrimp today. Uh, before the break, I was uh, sharing with you this new app that I discovered. It was uh, something that popped up in my news feed. It's an app that's been around since 2013, but uh, just recently they were able to add a new feature that allowed uh, uh, really a, a amazing uh, way of, of searching Instagram for uh, for food photos and, and primarily for recipes. And I was before the show. I was giving this uh, this app a little uh, little spin, trying to see how it works, and uh, I'm pretty impressed. You know, as I mentioned before the break, uh, I love to use uh, Instagram and, and and Pinterest and uh, actual like you know cookbooks. You know, those things. There's like pages made out of paper, and you know they got pictures and words and stuff on them. <laughs> I still have a, a lot of those around. You know, um, cookbooks, and I like to to, look, to use all these as um, fodder. You know, uh, something to to kind of help till the soil of my creativity when it comes to getting into the kitchen. And that's, I mean, you think about it, what is it, Ecclesiastes or Ecclesiasticus that talks about there's nothing new under the sun, right? Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. There's nothing new under the sun. If you think about recipes, that's absolutely the the, the case. You're not going to come up with something new. Nobody does, right? It's it's all been done before, but the newness comes from just adding a, a new spin or or a new variation on on a on a uh, a tried and true dish. Uh, a lot of times, it's it's taking two things that that at first glance may not go together, and then somehow making them go together, and uh, and then wow, you know, at the end, it's like this this is really good, and it, it tastes good, and and people like it. And uh, that's that's kind of how recipe work um, goes today. So it's not like you're doing something brand new. Uh, during, during the break, I, I was thinking back. You know, I talked about oysters in the beginning of the show, and you know, some folks just really don't like oysters. And, and I, I was one of those folks. I, I did not like oysters until I was about 17 years old. I think that's when I first tried them. I was 16 or 17, I think. And uh, sometimes even today, when I'm about to eat a raw oyster, I'll, I'll look at it. And I'll think. You now, who in the world looked at this for the first time and thought, hmm, this looks good. I think I'm going to eat this. <laughs> I mean, oysters look disgusting. There's no way around that. Uh, but they're good. I, I, I enjoy them. I guess they're an acquired an acquired taste uh, for some of us. Now, as I was playing with this app, this uh, Handpick, it's called, Handpick. Um, I'm still kind of getting used to the name, Handpick. Uh, it, it's interesting. I mean, I, I like it so far. You know, you, you uh, launch the app and just these beautiful photos of, of food start to come through and, and like a, a little news feed type, uh, type thing. And uh, you have an option where you can look at, uh, when you go to search, you can do it by ingredient and, and it'll show you, and it's all in alphabetical order, but at the very top, it shows you was trending. And I think the, the, when I looked at it just a minute ago, what was trending was like bananas and uh, I don't know, three or four other things and then, and then garlic. So I love bananas, nothing against bananas, but I chose garlic and see, like, well, where is this going to take me? And garlic, uh, when I clicked on it, it had a whole list of a bunch of ingredients, a bunch of uh, recipes rather. And at the very top, it, I mean, this has got to be divine providence. It has to be divine providence because we're talking shrimp today, right? Very first thing to pop up was chili garlic shrimp stir fry. And the image itself, the pic is just beautiful with these 
bright orange shrimp that are that are orangish because they were they're cooked first of all, but secondly because of this chili sauce that is that is on them. Sprinkle with some of the the most favorite thing I like to to eat and cook with are green onions. Love green onions. I like to call them flavor catchers because they they, they kind of soak up uh, any kind of um, uh, liquid that they are used in when they're when they're cooking. So uh, green onions or scallions. Some folks call them scallions. Uh, this chili garlic shrimp stir fry. Let's take a look at this first before I start to talk about uh, these Louisiana shrimp, these classic uh, Louisiana shrimp dishes. This particular recipe, I love how this uh, app sets it up. You've got the image. It gives you the title, chili garlic shrimp stir fry. And then it says uh, the ingredients. So you've got, and it's just a general list of ingredients here, uh, salt and ground black pepper, sriracha, and anything with sriracha has got to be good, you know? I don't know if you've had that before, but rooster sauce, some people like to call it rooster sauce because you've got that white uh, rooster there on the the bottle. Uh, But then it's that really red, red, red chili sauce uh, that is so good. Shiracha. I love that stuff. Uh, If I would have known 15 years ago how much hot sauce and shiracha my kids were going to go through, I would have invested in that company because I I would probably be rich today. (laughs) I mean, I buy the stuff and I, I go back two, three days later. It's like, where did it all go? My kids love it. So uh, hot sauce and sriracha sauce. So salt, ground, ground black pepper, sriracha, shrimp, minced garlic, onion. This is green. Oh, green onion, ketchup. Interesting. That's interesting. That'll add some sweetness to it. Ketchup, uh, cooking sherry and butter. And then it has a little place right here. I can click to view the recipes. Let's see what happens. I click it. And I was kind of thinking it would take me outside of the app and into Safari to uh, to find the recipe, but no, it did not. It actually kept me within the app. So within the handpick app, there is a browser function. That's very cool. And this this actually pulls up the website. It's got uh, a little article ahead, you know, in front of the the recipe, which is what I usually do over at CatholicFoodie.com. Uh, I usually I like to write something about the background of the recipe or anything that you might need to to keep in mind before you prepare a particular recipe. I like to do that at CatholicFoodie.com before giving the recipes out. But, and this, this, this uh, person does the same thing. All right, so here are the, here are the ingredients. Uh, two, two pounds of shrimp, cleaned. Uh, two tablespoons of minced garlic. Uh, I need glasses. I think that's, uh, I need to put that on my list here. Uh, a half a cup of, oh, this is, I've never seen this before. A half a cup of banana ketchup. That's very interesting. I never knew there was a such thing as banana ketchup. I'll need to read up on that. A tablespoon of sriracha sauce, three tablespoons of butter, three teaspoons of uh, sherry cooking wine, salt and uh, ground black pepper to taste, and then three-fourth cup of chopped green onions. A lot of green onions. That's awesome. I love that. And the instructions, you melt the butter in a pan. I'm going to put my glasses on here. Uh, melt the butter in a pan. Once the butter melts, continue to heat until hot. Add the garlic. Cook for one or two minutes or until light brown. Put in the shrimp and cook for two minutes. Pour in the sherry. Continue to cook until the liquid completely evaporates. Add the ketchup and sriracha sauce. Uh, continue to, store, to, to stir fry for one minute. Uh, put the green onions in and salt 
Add the salt and the black pepper to taste. Transfer to a serving plate and serve. Enjoy. Isn't that nice? It's very simple, not complicated. I need to search for this uh, banana ketchup stuff. I've never heard of that before. But that's that's fantastic. That's a, a beautiful recipe, and and the app is is very good. So if you want to uh, read up more about that, I will have notes uh, over at catholicfoodie.com. This, this particular show that you're listening to right now uh, will be released as a podcast once uh, this, this broadcast is over. So somewhat, sometime later this afternoon, it'll be available on iTunes and uh, Podbean and uh, SoundCloud and, and all these wonderful podcasting uh, uh, aggregators. And uh, you'll be able to download it, listen to it on, uh, on your computer. You can listen to it on uh, an app. You've got the SoundCloud app on the uh, for your iPhone, or uh, Podbean has an app. Of course, uh, the iTunes that plays uh, podcasts, so you can listen to it uh, in in that in that way as well. Uh, but I also like to post it over at CatholicFoodie.com. So there, you're going to find what you're going to find the the show, the audio show itself. You're also going to find links to all the recipes we talk about, and you're going to find a link to uh, the news story I just share with you uh, about this uh, new app. There's, well, old app, new features, handpick. I like it. I think I'm going to use it more often. So what about these uh, classic recipes? Um, The classic recipes over at catholicfoodie.com. Nine classic Louisiana shrimp recipes plus three more. This is coming from an article that I wrote, um, I think about a year ago. Let me see if I can find a date on this. It was 2013. So two years ago, I wrote this article and uh, the recipes are still there. Recipes are still good. So these recipes don't... um, they, they, they get better with age, put it that way. <laughs> and uh, since we are in Louisiana shrimp season now, uh, that's why I wanted to share this with you. Um, y- you know, you might be wondering exactly what I mean by shrimp season. I mentioned this at the beginning of the show. After all, aren't shrimp available year round, uh, especially here we are on the Gulf of Mexico itself? And that's true. Absolutely, shrimp are available year-round, but mainly because shrimp freeze so well. Uh, We do, in fact, have shrimp seasons here in Louisiana, and the season for brown shrimp just opened up a few weeks ago. Um, Although there are six different uh, species of shrimp in Louisiana waters, over 90% are known as either white shrimp or brown shrimp. Uh, They are... um, definite differences in taste between the two, but most folks argue that the difference is negligible. Uh, For many classic Louisiana recipes, uh, the two can be used interchangeably. So it really depends on what you get, what season you're in, and it it probably depends on what what you have. If if they're previously frozen, it depends on what uh, what what you purchase. So white shrimp have traditionally been considered the premium large shrimp of Louisiana. Uh, Fishermen usually receive uh, slightly more money for white shrimp than the other shrimp. And uh, white shrimp are slightly more tender than the other shrimp. And their shells are slightly softer and easier to peel than other shrimp. Uh, Also, large white shrimp do not develop the slight iodine taste uh, that other large shrimp do. Uh, The brown shrimp uh, provide, however, the bulk of Louisiana's huge production of small shrimp. Uh, The differences between the brown shrimp and the white shrimp, especially in the smaller sizes, um, are very slight. Uh, Brown shrimp are slightly firmer shrimp 
And uh, when they reach a large size, uh, sometimes they develop a slight iodine taste. Uh, this may or may not be noticeable to the average palate, but if you grew up eating shrimp regularly like I did, uh, then my guess is that you can definitely tell the difference. Uh, the brown shrimp are uh, typically are caught fresh April through February. Uh, however, the cooler temperatures we experienced uh, this past spring actually uh, kind of postponed the, the date until, uh, until May. And uh, we are coming up on a break here, so I'm, I'm not going to be able to jump into the recipes just yet. You're going to have to wait till the next segment, which means don't go anywhere. Stay right here. You're listening to The Catholic Foodie Show on Real Life Radio, and we'll be back in just a minute. Where food meets faith. I'm your host, Jeff Young. It's uh, so good to have you here with me. You know, during the break, I, I, I just couldn't resist. I had to look up banana ketchup. I'd never heard of that before. And uh, at least according to Wikipedia, banana ketchup, or sometimes referred to as banana sauce, is a popular Philippine condiment made from mashed banana, sugar, vinegar, and spices. Its uh, natural color is brownish, but it is often dyed red to resemble tomato ketchup. Uh, banana ketchup was made when there was a shortage of tomato ketchup during World War II due to lack of tomatoes and a comparatively uh, high production of bananas. Uh, in Filipino households, this condiment is used on just about any dish. Omelets, hot dogs, burgers, fries, fish, char-grilled barbecue, uh, pork and chicken skewers, and other meats. Banana ketchup is also a vital and distinct ingredient in Filipino-style spaghetti, which is sweeter than the traditional Italian spaghetti. So that's very interesting. I had not, I did not know this. I did not know this. So look, you know, you learn something new every day, even when you're in the middle of doing a live radio show. <laughs> That's awesome. I will have to see if I can acquire some banana ketchup and try that, uh, try that recipe out. Uh, it sounded really good. All right. And speaking of recipes, I said I was going to give you uh, some more. And uh, well, I, you know, I, I like to do this. You know, I don't like to just give a recipe. I like to talk about a recipe. And uh, because, you know, things that I take for granted, uh, for you might be something totally new. And so I want to make sure that, um, uh, that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm taking that into consideration, right? That I'm trying to help communicate a recipe in a way that makes sense to people who, who want to try it. And the one, first one I would like to share with you today, now we're, keep in mind, we're talking about nine classic Louisiana shrimp recipes. Uh, the one we're going to talk about today is really something very famous in New Orleans. It's, uh, it's barbecue shrimp, barbecue shrimp. Um, and uh, very interesting. I mean, I absolutely love barbecue shrimp, but wonderful, deliciously delicious shrimp. I just absolutely love this. Uh, there's nothing like barbecue shrimp, but the name is sort of a misnomer. <laughs> is not really barbecued the way that you would think of barbecue. Okay, we're not talking Memphis barbecue. We're not even talking shrimp on a barbie, right? Which, if you've ever been to uh, Outback Steakhouse, is one of the, the the things you can order there on their menu, shrimp on the barbie, which are grilled shrimp. Uh, we're not talking about that either. You know, I don't know why. I really don't know why they call barbecued shrimp barbecued shrimp. I don't know. Uh, they're not really barbecued. They're, they're actually 
baked in the oven uh, at 350. <laughs> but barbecue shrimp is the name that this recipe is stuck with. And if you go to restaurants in New Orleans or, or in really anywhere in South Louisiana and order barbecue shrimp, uh, you're going to be served some variation of this recipe. Uh, and it's always, well, I say always, it's typically accompanied by a hearty portion of uh, toasted French bread. Why? Because uh, the barbecue shrimp, is, is they're essentially, the shrimp is cooked in a sauce in the oven, and, uh, and that sauce is just so good. Oh, it's just so good. So, uh, you know, you, you want to sop it up with whatever you can, right? And what, what's better than, than French bread or pool boy bread, as you might find down here in, in South Louisiana. That is good eats, folks, I'm telling you. So here are the ingredients. If you want to make barbecue shrimp, uh, you need half a cup of butter. Uh, and, you know, I always talk about how, how important ingredients are, right? The quality of your ingredients. Anytime I cook with butter, I like to use Kerrygold butter because Kerrygold butter is, uh, is, it pack, is, is Irish butter. It packs uh, more of a flavor than the just standard butter that you have here in, uh, in the United States. Uh, however, even though it's imported, um, the price point is still good. It's, it's not it's not outrageously expensive. So I like Kerrygold. Like to cook with Kerrygold. Uh, a, a half a cup of of butter. Uh, a half a cup of extra virgin olive oil. One Vidalia onion or sweet yellow onion, uh, finely chopped. One tablespoon of dried rosemary. A tablespoon of dried oregano. Four tablespoons of uh, fresh flat leaf uh, parsley, minced, and then four to five cloves of garlic crushed. And again, as I have mentioned uh, from time to time, I like to use a mortar and pestle to, to really crush uh, that garlic. It helps me to, to really stress, you know, you put the garlic in that mortar and pestle and just beat it till it's, uh, you know, beat it to a pulp. That's what you do. Uh, kosher salt to taste, freshly ground black pepper to taste, cayenne pepper to taste. Uh, and, and again, it depends on how, how well you handle heat. Uh, a liberal uh, pouring of Louisiana hot sauce. That's an addition. That's right. That is an addition to the cayenne pepper. Uh, of course, a recipe, there are no recipe police. They're not going to come after you. If that's too hot for you, just back off on it. You know, you can always, you don't have to add it. Uh, but this, I'm just telling you, this is how, how we do it. Um, two to three tablespoons of Worcestershire sauce, and then extra pats of butter placed on top of the shrimp before putting them in the oven. Uh, so again, it would depend on how many, how many shrimp that you're doing. This particular recipe, I'm talking about four pounds of large jumbo fresh shrimp. Uh, typically when you buy shrimp, I know down here at least, the way they do it is by count. So they'll tell you, you don't necessarily go and do, when, they, when they're Talking size or talking by count. How many shrimp do you have per pound is, is essentially the way that they categorize shrimp by size. So if you're doing 16 to 20 count, that means that you have the jumbo large shrimp. Typically, you're going to get 16 to 20 of those per pound. Uh, so that's how, that's how those are measured. And I, I you, you want to get them with the heads attached. That's something that we can do here. Uh, and I'll tell you an interesting story because it may not they may not, it may be, it may be hard for you to get shrimp, uh, with the heads on. Um, we, we go to Florida regularly to, to vacation, uh, just to steal away for an extended weekend or, or whatever. So we may go to Florida three or four times a year, uh, sometimes for a week, sometimes just for an extended weekend. Um, and we're talking about the Florida panhandle cause it's only about three hours away from us. And, uh, when we get, when we go there, we love to, to buy shrimp. We go to either Joe Patty's in Pensacola, or there's a couple 
couple of other uh, uh, seafood markets uh, kind of close by to where we stay at the condo. And the last time I was there, actually, yeah, about the last time I was there, I was trying to do barbecue shrimp. And so I needed shrimp with the heads on. And uh, I called market after market. And finally, I got, I couldn't find them anywhere. Couldn't find them anywhere. But finally, I was talking to, to a guy at one of the, the, the last market I called. And I said, I can't find them anywhere. He says, you're not going to find them anywhere. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? He said that because uh, that, that area is so highly touristy, right? Most of the people, the, 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 the number of residents who actually live in that area is so small that most of the people who are there are only there for short periods of time because they're tourists. They're, they're there for vacation. And you have tons of traffic, tons of people everywhere but they're not permanent residents. And so nobody can take care of shrimp with heads on them. They don't want to deal with it. It's too messy. Uh, what are you going to do with the heads? Uh, so what they do is a, and this is to me, it's almost like a sacrilege. They take the heads off and some of them may use it to make stocks or whatever for other uh, dishes that they offer. Like they may make gumbos or stews or something in their markets and they sell that pre-made. Uh, but some of them just throw them away because they don't have any need for it. I'm like, oh no, don't tell me that. <laughs> don't throw the heads away. There's so much flavor in that. You know, you can use it for, for all kinds of things, all kinds of dishes. Um, so it may be, I don't know, wherever you are, it may be hard for you to get shrimp with heads on. Uh, but this is a dish that does use head on shrimp. Um, and then, of course, you need the warm French bread uh, to, to, to sop up all that yummy goodness, that uh, delicious jujuma gumbo, as I like to say, of that, that, that sauce that it's going to cook in. So what you want to do is you want to preheat the oven to 350 in a large frying pan. You want to melt the butter together with the olive oil. Uh, you can add the onion, the rosemary, the oregano, and saute that until the onion is translucent, usually about eight minutes or so, maybe eight to 10 minutes. Add the garlic, saute an additional uh, two or three minutes. You just want to be really careful not to burn the garlic once you put it in. Uh, you want to stir the parsley in, uh, the fresh parsley, add the salt, the black pepper, the cayenne, and then you want to remove that from the heat. This is the basis of your, your sauce here. Rinse the shrimp uh, in cold water, and I arrange them in rows in a shallow baking dish, uh, or, or because of the number of shrimp, you might need uh, two baking dishes to fit them all. Depends. Uh, pour the sauce over the, but you only want one layer, okay? Only want one layer. So in rows, one layer. Uh, pour the sauce over the top and uh, uh, pepper the dish with pats of, of butter. I just like to, to take that butter, the extra butter, pats of butter, and just kind of put it all over in different places uh, in, in, the, in the big dish. And then you put the dishes in the oven and bake for 30 minutes, making sure to, uh, to either stir the shrimp or what my, what my wife likes to do is actually flip the shrimp over uh, after about 10 minutes or, or halfway through. Uh, serve the shrimp immediately in bowls. I like to do it in bowls because of that sauce, which is just so good. Uh, shallow bowls are preferred, but you know, use what you got and then serve with an ample supply of hot French bread. And that is a barbecue shrimp, Louisiana barbecue shrimp or New Orleans barbecue shrimp. Fantastic, fantastic recipe. Uh, when it comes to, uh, to shrimp and to New Orleans, another recipe that really just sticks out in my mind, uh, as one of the classics is, um, 
shrimp remoulade, which is a salad. You know, we talk salads on Recipe Friday on this past Friday. I talk summer salads. This was not included in that list that I gave you then, uh, but this is a fantastic salad. It, it could also be a wonderful summer salad because it can be served chilled. And uh, the first time I had a shrimp remoulade salad was at Mandina's in New Orleans. Uh, I was young. I was, uh, matter of fact, I was studying uh, at the Franciscan University of Steubenville, and we were home on a break. It was a bunch of friends of mine and I uh, from school, they were from all over the country, uh, decided to spend uh, spring break in New Orleans trying to do holy things instead of going to Florida and not doing holy things. So it was wonderful. Uh, and, and we wanted to kind of give them the Louisiana experience. And one of the things that we did uh, was take them to certain classic New Orleans restaurants and Mandina's uh, was one of them. And believe it or not, I was in college. I was in my 20s. This was the first time that I had tried shrimp remoulade. And uh, boy, it was awesome. I was hooked after that. And I do have the recipe for you. And uh, I do want to give that to you. And I'll do so after the break. You're listening to the Catholic Foodie Show here on Real Life Radio. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just a minute. The Catholic Foodie Seafood Market. <laughs> I mean, the Catholic Foodie Show. <laughs> you might think it's a seafood market. Here I am talking food, food, and food. Uh, but the Catholic Foodie is where food meets faith. I'm, I'm, I'm so thrilled that you're here. Uh, I, I love to talk food and faith. And one of the reasons that I love to talk food so much is because um, it, it's a way for me to, to reach people. It's a way for me to engage uh, people in conversation. And, and I know that uh, people love to eat. People love to talk about food. And it, it's a wonderful opportunity for me to um, to have a, a very a simple conversation, a non-threatening conversation that oftentimes leads to the opportunity to share my faith in some way, shape, or form. Uh, so the Catholic Foodie is where food meets faith. You can read more about uh, all the recipes that I talk about here on the show. Uh, also, some of my thoughts on um, on food and faith and on how uh, how it dovetails so well with our how food dovetails so well with our faith and how it really is a biblical it goes back to uh, the, the, the sacramentality of creation, how God made us. You can read more about all that stuff over at catholicfoodie.com. And of course, I would love to hear from you. Uh, I'm here on this uh, radio. I'm, I'm talking to you, uh, but I love to hear from you too. And you can always reach me by emailing me at jeff at catholicfoodie.com. Uh, I do have a, 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 show, a, a call-in number that you could use to, to leave a voice message. It's always easy for me to, to always play a voice message uh, on the show. That's always an, an easy thing for me to do. And, and uh, a lot of times folks find that easy to do too, is to call and leave a message instead of calling in live. You can always call and leave a message for me to play here on the show by calling 985-635-4974, 985-635-4974. And uh, that is, uh, you find the number over at catholicfoodie.com as well. Uh, there's also a live call-in number to call in here on as I'm on the radio you can call in and talk to me and uh, I need to find that number again <laughs> 
Um, what is the number? I will give it to you in a minute as soon as I find it. It is 855-949-1380. 855-949-1380. You can call me live right now and we can talk. Uh, so two ways to call in. Then you can also email. I'd love to hear from you. I'd like to know, first of all, what other, what, what types of food, what types of um, uh, food or recipes you would like to hear about, cooking tips perhaps that you're interested in, uh, things that I can help you with in that department. Uh, if there are certain people that you know out there in uh, in the in the world who are doing good work through food um, and that we should have as a guest on the show, I'd love to know that too. Uh, again, you can call live, 855-949-1380. You can call and leave a message at 985-635-4974, uh, or you can email me at jeff at catholicfoodie.com. Now, before the break, I was talking to you about uh, shrimp remoulade salad, uh, which is a classic New Orleans dish. And I was telling you that the first time that I had this dish, I was in college. Um, you know, I, I mentioned to you before that uh, I was probably the, the pickiest eater in the world when I was a child. Uh, my mother is still uh, completely dumbfounded when we uh, get together to eat because I eat all this stuff that I probably eat more than she does now. You know, I eat all this stuff that as a child I would, uh, would not even consider eating. I turn my nose up at it. And uh, I'm just thankful that the way that we are made, I mean, our palates develop, uh, we grow and change and we become a little more adventurous, I guess. Uh, and, and, you know, public, public, uh, public shame and uh, embarrassment can also play a role there. <laughs> People say, you know, you're out in public and, and you, you kind of turn your nose up at something and somebody looks at you and says, why are you being such a baby? <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden you try it, you know, just to save face. And lo and behold, you find out, wow, I actually do like oysters <laughs> or I actually do like uh, shrimp remoulade, whatever it may be. Now, my first attempt, uh, my first taste of shrimp remoulade was not out of uh, public shaming. Uh, it was simply because... We, we got to this restaurant, trying to share this restaurant with uh, some friends of ours from college. We're studying at the Franciscan University of Steubenville. And a bunch of these folks came down, a bunch of our friends came down to spend uh, spring break with us uh, in New Orleans. And uh, and we went to, to Mandina's, a uh, classic uh, neighborhood, New Orleans neighborhood restaurant, Mandina's in New Orleans. And uh, we're trying different dishes. And, and for whatever reason... Uh, I was feeling very cultural at the time, I guess, because I'm trying to introduce uh, these different dishes to to friends who are from all over the country. And I decided to try uh, shrimp remoulade. I, I love salad at that point in time. I did love salad, but I actually had never had shrimp remoulade. So uh, all I can say is that I'm grateful to God that, that I, I finally did uh, try that particular uh, recipe, that particular dish. And uh, I just absolutely loved it. The shrimp remoulade was fantastic. Um you know, if I remember, if I remember correctly, uh, that that shrimp remoulade was served as uh, that night was served as an appetizer, and uh, the, the shrimp were were small, and there were a lot of shrimp in them. Um, it was also served on a bed of of iceberg uh, lettuce. You know, I've I've actually made shrimp remoulade many times since then, and sometimes it's different. Sometimes I use the big large shrimp. Sometimes I've used smaller shrimp. Um, again, cooking is kind of like playing around. You get in the kitchen and just see what you have on hand and 
and and just see what works. And and uh, you're you're looking ultimately for you know to make something that you are going to enjoy, uh, not necessarily following the rules of uh, of a recipe. So Rimelon comes uh, to Louisiana from a French cuisine, um, but you you will um, often not find mayonnaise listed among the ingredients of a Louisiana Rimelon. Uh, down here, we like to uh, to make it with more of a bite. And um, so if you need to tone down the recipe I'm giving to you now, then you, you might be able to add a tablespoon or two of mayonnaise. That may help to, to kind of mellow it out a little bit. Uh, for, for this particular recipe of a, a shrimp remoulade, what you're going to need is a half a cup of Creole mustard, one cup. Uh, and Creole mustard, by the way, is kind of a brownish brownish color. It's got a little bite to it. It uses uh, the actual mustard seed in the, in, in the mustard. Um, one cup of extra virgin olive oil, half a cup of distilled white vinegar, one teaspoon of Tabasco brand pepper sauce, or you can use any kind of hot sauce if, if you want, uh, one teaspoon of freshly ground black pepper, or to taste, that's important. You know, it doesn't have to be a, a teaspoon. It could be to, to your taste, to your liking. Uh, one teaspoon of salt, a quarter cup of grated uh, sweet yellow onion, a half a cup of chopped green onions. There's those green onions again, those scallions. I love those. Uh, four tablespoons of minced parsley. And then you want 16 to 20. So we're talking 16 to 20 count, 16 to 20 large or jumbo boiled shrimp. And uh, down here in the seafood markets, we can get them already boiled. If you need to, uh, get, if you have fresh shrimp and you need to boil them, then uh, do have that recipe over at catholicfoodie.com. Just search for boiled shrimp, catholicfoodie.com, and that'll come up. And then romaine, uh, iceberg, or any lettuce of your choice. Sometimes I even like to mix romaine and iceberg or spinach. I mean, anything is going to work uh, to your liking. That's the way it should be. So for the romaine sauce, what you want to do is combine all the ingredients in a glass mixing bowl and then whisk them together really well. Cover and then refrigerate that for at least one hour uh, before serving. Uh, when you when you let something sit like that, it, it does what we call marrying, right? Like getting married. Uh, it's marrying. The flavors marry together and become not separate, but one, right? That's what happens in marriage. Two become one. And that's what we happen here. Uh, that's what will happen here with the ingredients. They, they become one. And that's very important for that flavor to really come out. Um, and I, we've made this before and we have kept it in the fridge for up to three days. Uh, sometimes that's just because we know we have an event coming up. We want to make some remoulade. We make it in advance and we stick it in the fridge and it's ready, you know, a day or two later when we're ready for the, uh, for the event. So for the shrimp remoulade salad itself, you want to wash and drain the lettuce, plate it uh, when it's dry. Okay, wash it, drain it, and uh, you can dry that. There, there. You either, either let it sit to dry. You can use a spinner to dry it. Um, in my house, I don't have a spinner. Yeah, I have paper towels. Paper towels help me to to dry uh, lettuce before I actually use it in this kind of a way. And if you wanted to, you could actually plate this lettuce once it's dry and then cover the plates with pr uh, plastic wrap and stick them in the fridge to keep them cold. That's one option. Another option is to dry it, put it back into that bowl, cover the bowl and stick the bowl in the, in the fridge to chill it. But having chilled lettuce really makes a difference when you're serving a remoulade, which is one of the reasons why I love it as a summer, a summer salad. Then in a, a large mixing bowl, you want to add the shrimp and enough of the remoulade to liberally, liberally, 
coat the shrimp. You want to mix that together well. Uh, remove the plates. This is when you're ready to serve. You remove the plates from the fridge, remove the plastic wrap, and then top each of the plates with four to five of the large shrimp uh, coated in the remoulade sauce, and then add any additional sauce that you like uh, if desired. Serve and enjoy. And that's it. It's not a complicated uh, process. Very simple. Uh, maybe just a two-step process there, mixing together the ingredients for the remoulade and, uh, and then chilling it and then making you know, preparing your salad and chilling your salad as well. I would love to hear your feedback on uh, these recipes that I have been given. I gave you, uh, I think, three or four recipes on on Friday, uh, and then again today we started out with that uh, that chili shrimp stir fry that I just found right before the show. I found that through that new app, Handpick, and then I shared with you barbecue shrimp and shrimp remoulade. I love to hear what you have to say about that, or if you have any questions, or maybe your experience of when you have first tried these dishes, or, or maybe. Maybe a shrimp dish that you uh, that you like that I have not talked about. I'd love to hear that too. You can give me a call again if you wanted to call live. You can call um, 855-949-1380. And if you want to call and leave me a message, which I love those, voice feedback I like to call it, you can call 985-635-4974, 985-635-4974. You can call that number any day, any time of day or night and leave me a message. And of course, Contact me via email, jeff at catholicfoodie.com. I certainly hope that you have enjoyed uh, being with me today. I, I love talking food and faith. I love sharing my faith with other people. And uh, you can find lots of information over at catholicfoodie.com, including recipes. Uh, so I, I thank you again for joining me today on the Catholic Foodie Show where food meets faith. And I will see you here tomorrow. So until then, bon appétit. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic New Media.